This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Early in the morning in Loretto and, and uh, to fish, and, and like my son did, actually, as a matter of fact. And, Playing hooky from church, it's gone out this morning at five in the morning. Anyway, and you start out and you motor over to the shore, usually the best place to get these particular fish that they're looking for is right by the airport there and favorite little place for the little fish. You need them as bait, you gotta catch them. And it's still dark in the morning and it's still very quiet. And you turn the motor off on the boat and then Carlos is the, favorite captain. Carlos, he slowly moves forward and removes his cast net from the bucket. And he goes to the front of the boat and he stands up there and you wonder, is he going to fall in the water? And he's standing on the rim of the boat. He's carefully balancing himself. And then he says to back to her, he says, cut the engine. You cut the engine. You just let the boat kind of drift slowly to the shore. You turn the boat so it's aligned up with the shore. As the engine stopped, you just wait and no one speaks. It's totally silent, and Carlos is just watching the water. He's just looking at the water, and he's waiting, waiting till he sees this little school of fish, and he may see it soon, and he may have to wait there a while, but it's all in the hands of Carlos. Carlos makes the call. No one says a word. The boat quietly just gently drifts. All you hear is this gentle slapping of the water on the sea against the shore. Occasionally, you hear the little little slaps of the fish that break the surface of the water. And maybe within a few minutes, maybe 20 minutes, and Carlos with his peeled eyes, total concentration, staring into the water, he's waiting, he's looking for this school of fish to come by. And then finally he sees, he sees the fish and then he makes a decision, now is the time. And he puts one edge of the, of the cast net in his teeth and the other one with the hand holding and the other one. And he swings this thing out on this, and this cast net looks like a mushroom, a white mushroom. It just sails out like a sail on a boat that's caught in it. It's a good cast. 
It's always a good cast when he does it. And the net fully opens, all 18 feet of it, and it sails through the air, and you watch that net as it gently lands in the water, and then the weights on the edges of the net just to slowly begin to make the net slowly descend down into the water. The fish don't know. They don't even seem to have noticed that this net has fallen as, this, as they merrily are swimming there. But the edges of the net are steadily falling and they're forming a fence. They're corralling the fish. The fish don't even seem to notice it as they're being fenced in. And then while no one has said a word, Carlos continues with that same focus, that laser focus on that net as it descends down on these unsuspecting fish. And then when he's satisfied that the net has formed the fence around the fish, he pulls that rope that's sewn into the edge of the, of the net and it comes together and the fish are trapped. They can't escape. And then he pulls and pulls and pulls and, and it's full of fish and it's shaking all over the place and the, puts the bottom of the net into a, a bucket and it's verse 47. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea. And what's the sea? What's the sea? The sea is Revelation 17, 15. Revelation 17, 15. He saith unto me, the waters which thou sawest, where the horse sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. And then this parable, it's all about Revelation 17, 15. It's all about waters which are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. And the sea in this parable is the world. It's the world of peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. In this parable about the peoples of the Eskimos, where our missionaries Rob and Teresa Lindsay are bringing the gospel to. It's the people of the Peruvians, where Glenn and Dorothy Budd are bringing the gospel to. It's the people of the Brazilians, where Ruthie Burton and Claudia are bringing the gospel to. It's the Paraguayans, where Jamie and Charlene Hunt are bringing the gospel. It's the Mexicans, where Arturo and Sylvia Tomei are bringing the gospel. It's the Albanians, where Arion and Melody Delhi are bringing the gospel to us. The Nigerians, where Adina and Randy Wildman. It's the Filipinos, where Joanne Galt, she's bringing the gospel to. This is the sea in this parable. It's a Revelation 17, waters which are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. And the net, which is fully opens up and spreads out like the gospel over the world. And when those fishermen, with their skill, they cast that net, and that net rises way up in the air, it expands as large as it possibly can. That's the kingdom of heaven, which is the gospel, and it's like unto a net that's cast into the sea. And the broader the gospel net, the more fish you'll catch in the net. And the Lord Jesus told the disciples, you go cast your gospel net. You cast it far, you cast it wide. When he said in Mark 16, 15, Mark 16, 15, he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Let that net be big, let it expand out. And when there were times when the Lord directed them to cast their net, and he said, uh, he said in Luke 5, 1 through 7, Luke 5, 1 through 7, the Lord said, it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. He entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, prayed him that he had thrust out a little of the land, sat down, taught the people. 
And when he left speaking, he said unto Simon, Simon, launch out into the deep. Let down your net for a draught. Simon answering said unto him, Master, we've toiled all the night. We've taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'll let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break, and they beckon unto their partners when they're on the other ship that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. That was a time when he told them, now's your time, let down that net. John 21, John 21, 3, John 21, 3. Simon Peter saith unto him, I go fishing. They say unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth, entered into a ship immediately that night. They caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto him, children, have you any meat? They answered him, no. He said unto him, cast the net on the right side of the ship. You shall find. They cast therefore, now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. In both of those cases, the Lord was showing them that, showing them just as they had been successful with fish when they followed his direction, they could be successful with men when they followed his direction. And once that net has been cast, once that net has been cast, like once Carlos throws it out there, the fisherman does nothing. It's now up to the net to do its work as it falls slowly, as it falls surely down through the water. And that's just like a person who delivers the gospel net. That's his responsibility. And then you just let the net do its job. And this is what God said. It will do its job. The gospel is the word of God. Jeremiah 23, 29. Jeremiah 23, 29. Is not my word like a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh a rock in pieces? Hebrews 4.12, Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even into the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Isaiah 55.10, Isaiah 55.10, God says, the rain as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not thither, watereth the earth, maketh it to bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void. It shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. We fling out the word of God, the gospel, like a net. God takes it over from there as it falls and does its work. It will accomplish, just like Carlos. When he pulls up that net, he doesn't want to see it empty. And God doesn't want to see his word come back empty either. Once that net is caught, cast out there, it's not drawn up until it's sunk down around the fish. And once that gospel is delivered, it'll do its work. But just like the seed that the sower flings out, once that seed has left that sower's hands, there's no getting that seed back again. It's gonna be carried by the wind. It's gonna fall where it's gonna fall. The seed is gonna be sown and the sower has done its job and it's now it's up to the seed. Now it's up to the net. And the fisherman casts his net into the sea in verse 47, but only, verse 48, when it was full, they drew it to the shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels but cast the bad away. So the fisherman, he doesn't know how many good fish he has in his net. He doesn't know that. He doesn't know how many good fish, how many bad fish he has in his net. He just casts the net into the sea. He hopes, he thinks, he looks. But the fisherman doesn't know how many good and how many bad fish he has in his net. When the only time the fisherman finds out how many good fish he has 
when it, from his full net is when it's dragged to the shore. And in this parable, it's the angels who come and do the dragging. It's the angels who drag the fish to the shore. They're the ones who separate the good from the bad. They're the ones who find out how many good and how many bad. And then and only then does the fisherman find out how many good fish he had in his gospel net when someone else, the angels, took over. We bring the gospel to the lost, and we hope that they really do come to Christ. But there are many imposters. There are many good-looking fish that are bad fish. And the Lord talked about them in Matthew 7.22. Matthew 7.22, when he was talking about bad fish. Look good, bad fish, he says. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity, you bad fish. Fishermen would have said, preaching in Jesus' name? Casting out devils in Jesus' name? Doing many wonderful works in Jesus' name? Looks like good fish to me. That's what the fishermen say. But when the angels drag the net to shore, the angels are the ones to tell. They're the ones to say, that's a bad fish. They're imposters. Why? Jesus did not know them. Jesus did not know them as once dirty, rotten sinners cleansed by his blood. He didn't know them that way. They're bad fish. And the point is, is that the fishermen, all they got to do is cast their nets. That's their job. The fishermen cannot stop and sort the fish as to which ones are good and bad while the fish are in the net. That happens when the net is dragged to the shore, when the angels come and sort the fish. Our job, bring the gospel to the lost. Don't worry about if a person is really saved or not. We are net casters, nothing else. We cast the gospel net. We do not drag to shore and sort. We cast, we do not sort. And in this net parable here, the sorting happened when the fish were dragged to the shore, when the fish, were, when the fish died, when they were dragged to the shore. Then they were sorted. The fish cannot be sorted while they're in the net, in the water. The net has to be dragged to the shore before the fish can be sorted. So it is with people. They must die. After death, people are sorted into the real saved and the real lost. Each person can find out from God now, and God wants to tell each person as he did, as Jesus did with Judas Iscariot when he was asked. Mark 14, 19, Mark 14, 19. They began to be sorrowful and to say unto him, one by one, is it I? And another said, is it I? Matthew 26, 25, 26, 25. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, thou hast said. I doubt that anyone heard the Lord tell Judas Iscariot that it was him who would betray him. But Judas heard him. Judas heard him. And the Lord wanted to tell Judas and was just waiting for Judas to ask. Every person can know if they're saved or not, by talking directly to God and finding out. But others, the sorting takes place after death. Now, the Dorado in the Sea of Cortez are interesting because they don't stay in the Sea of Cortez all year round. The, the, the yellowtail do, they just go deep. The Dorado migrate, and they have tremendous migrations. During the winter months, they don't like cold water from November to June, the Dorado go back out into the Pacific Ocean. 
But in June, when it starts to heat up, or May around now, in, when the weather starts to heat up in the Sea of Cortez, the Dorado come back, they come back around Cabo San Lucas there, and they come up into the Sea of Cortez and they swim up there. They travel over 1,000 miles in their migration. They have freedom. And if you look at these fish, I mean, they really look like they have freedom. They're very unrestricted. They love to jump out of the water. Sometimes they jump out 10, 20 feet. And recently, some commercial fishermen were given license to net the Dorado at the mouth of the Sea of Cortez. None of us are real happy about that. But the Dorado get trapped in this net. And when they do, you can just picture them, their freedom is lost because the net is a great restrictor. For the Dorado are trapped in the net, they're free, they play, they jump. But with the net comes a great restriction on their freedom, especially as they feel the pressure of the net closing in on them. That net means for their fish that they can no longer go where they wanna go and do what they wanna do. The fish can't even make time stand still because they're being pushed, they're being advanced. They're being advanced and that advancement means their death. The net spells death, the end of life of the fish. And that's a picture of people who live like the Dorado. When they're young, they go where they wanna go, they do what they wanna do. But as age creeps in, like the net, it's closing in and their movement becomes restricted. And just as the net represents the first step of where the next step is going to be, death and separation and sorting, so it is with people, the net of age. It restricts health problems, the first step. And God says, Hebrews 9.27, Hebrews 9.27, heading toward this appointment, as it is appointed unto men, once to die, but after this, the judgment. God's determined appointment with death is an appointment that every person will meet. They will be there. They won't forget that appointment. They won't miss that appointment. Because it says in Ecclesiastes 8.8, Ecclesiastes 8.8, there's no man that hath power over the spirit to retain the spirit. Neither hath he power in the day of his death. There is no discharge in that war. The Bible says in 2 Samuel 14, 14, 2 Samuel 14, 14, for we must needs die, and as water spilt on the ground which cannot be gathered up again, neither doth God respect any person, yet doth he devise means that his banished be not expelled from him. That last statement is the statement of hope. That's the hope of the gospel in that 2 Samuel 14, 14. Yet doth he devise means that his banished be not expelled from him, 2 Samuel 14, 14. God has devised a means, a way for us who are banished from God because of our sin to not be expelled from God and that way that God has devised is the gospel of John 3.16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, that his banished be not expelled from him. And the sorting that happens where a person is either cast into hell only happens when they reject God's means, God's method for them not to be expelled from God. That's the light of the gospel. And the condemnation was only when a person turns away from the gospel light into darkness, John 3.19, John 3.19. This is the condemnation. That light has come into the world 
and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So just as though fishermen were in control of the net, and just as the fishermen determine when the net's gonna be pulled in, God is in control of the appointment of death. And at first, the fish, they're unconcerned about the net. They don't even see the net. They're being watched from above. Carlos is over them looking down into the water. And the fish just think that, yeah, we've been in a lot of rocks, a lot of kelp. We'll find the way out. We know how to go beating the crags of the rocks. We know how to get around the leaves of the kelp. And there's this confidence net is drawn in, the fish feel the pressure of the net, the fish begin to be concerned, the fish begin to panic, the fish struggle, and then finally they give up and die. As the net creeps nearer and nearer and they begin to get wound up, the fish, the net gets wound up around the fish. And when the net is then dragged to the shore, the good fish are separated from the bad fish, as it says in verse 48. And you say, well, keep in mind that this is Jewish land here, so you say, well, what's the criteria for separating the good fish and the bad fish? They're going through them one by one. And the criteria is Leviticus 11.9. Leviticus 11.9. These shall ye eat of all that are in the waters, whatsoever hath fin and scales, in the waters and the seas and the rivers, them shall ye eat. Leviticus 11.12. Leviticus 11.12. Whatsoever hath no fins nor scales in the waters, that shall be an abomination unto you. It's just all about fins and scales, fins and scales. They pull out one fish, he's got fins, no scales, bad. Pull out another fish, he's got scales, no fins, bad. Pull out another fish, he's got fins and scales, good. That's what it's all about, fins and scales. And you say, well, what is it about fins and scales that God likes? Well, fins are very valuable for fish because fins guide the fish through the water. Fins steer the fish. That's what the fish do. Fins stop the fish. You can say, fins enable a fish to stop and hover in place. And the water currents might be pushing the fish all over, the forwards and backwards. I remember on my, what do you call it, the qualification dive for scuba. It was out at Catalina a few years ago, 1967. And, and, uh, yeah, anyway. Hadn't been scuba diving since then. Went to Hawaii. I said, you can show my little card. When was the last time we were scuba, scuba diving? No, oh, 50 years ago. Anyway, so a lot of currents down there. And I was watching these fish, and, and they would just stay in place. And then all of a sudden, I'd be 20 feet away. And I'd go back and forth. And fins enable a fish to stop and hover in place even when the water currents are trying to push the fish forward and backwards. The, you know, the fins on the fish are the whoa, the whoa. They keep them stopped in the water. The fins resist water currents. Fins enable a fish to go exactly where he wants to go and fins enable a fish to keep his position. And God wants us to be like fish that have fins. God wants us to steer our lives to where we gotta go, we should go, and not go where we shouldn't go, because our lives are like a walk. This was first introduced when God said to Abraham, God said to Abraham in Genesis 17.1, Genesis 17.1, Abraham was 99, 90 years old and nine. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the Lord, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. That's how God said 
he wanted Abraham's life to be, a walk. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.